And let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the chance now to meditate on these readings we've heard and we pray that your Holy Spirit would indeed be with us and be in us, that we might hear from you, from the Advocate you have sent to help us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Genesis 11, 1 to 9, our Old Testament reading, which I do want to talk about a bit this morning, and I'm sorry it's not printed for you, but if you've got a phone, maybe you can look it up, is the story of the Tower of Babel. Perhaps a familiar story, but it is one of those stories that can make God seem a little mean. He's hardly encouraging, is he? Human beings invent bricks. They design a city and a tall tower, and they try to make something of themselves. And what does God do? Well, he doesn't say, oh, well done, you clever things. Good for you. You made big plans. You solved problems. And look how far you are getting. No. God says to himself, come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. What? Does God not want us to Excel to reach our potential, to do everything we can, to be all that we can be? If not, why not? God sees a strength. If, as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan will be impossible for them. But he doesn't rejoice at that strength. He rather weakens it. There the Lord confused the language of the whole world and from there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. This is not God protecting himself. He needs no protection. It is God protecting us from ourselves, from the misguided ambitions that can and do drive us. For when humanity says, Come, let us build ourselves a city, with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. This is an exercise in human pride and self-aggrandizement. It's as if to say, let's go up on high and astonish the world. Let's astonish God. Let's augment our weak flesh with the latest technology and show God that we can play at his level. That's the spirit that lurks underneath this project. And for us to succeed at such a task would not be good for us. Human beings indeed have been given great powers and potentialities by God. Uh, David in Psalm 8 says, You, God, have made humankind a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honour. You have put everything under their feet. There is a greatness and a power and a potential in human beings to be sure. But we have compromised and corrupted ourselves by reaching out and taking more than is good for us to reach out and take. This is the story of the garden and the man and the woman in the garden and the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it 
This despite the fact that God had said, the day you eat of that, you will surely die. She took some and gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And because of this reaching and taking, we have changed ourselves and not in a good way. Then, says Genesis 3, the eyes of both of them were opened and they realised that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Human beings now feel shame. They cover up from one another. They do not want to be seen. They have something to hide and they feel it. We have become complex and compromised creatures. And something must be done for us before we are fit to go as far as our powers might take us. Mark Zuckerberg, you may know that name, the head honcho at Facebook, made a speech at the first Facebook community summit. The speech is called Bringing the World Closer Together. And in that speech he said, I always believed people are basically good. Now that is a lovely and appealing thought, but it is hopelessly naive. People are not basically anything. We are complicatedly everything. We are both good and rotten. We are both smart and dumb. We are both altruistic and selfish. We are both kind and cruel. And not just some of us are in some of those categories and others in others. We're all of us in all of them. Mark Zuckerberg said in the same speech that every day I say to myself, I don't have much time on earth, how can I make the greatest positive impact? And what he decided to do, he started out trying to make the world more open and connected. But later in this speech he said that he realised that it's not enough to simply connect the world, we must also work to bring the world closer together. And that became the idea for a new mission for Facebook. Bring the world closer together. You can almost hear the echo of Genesis 11. Otherwise we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Now I don't know what Mark Zuckerberg makes of how his project has actually panned out. He wanted to give people the power to build community and bring the world closer together. But when I read about Facebook, all the chatter, all the commentary is about how Facebook and other social media is fueling our divisions and our conflicts. People get in social media echo chambers and they never hear from people not like them and they can't cope when they do. People go to war on social media platforms, ranting against one another in the most abusive terms. The algorithms that control what your feed contains nudge people towards more and more extreme positions and the fake impression you get of other people's lives leaves you feeling alone and depressed. A great project, but in the execution, turns out it's not that simple. Building a great thing to bring people together actually ends up separating them even more profoundly. The Tower of Babel was a kind of temple to the human spirit. It said, this is who we are. 
and who we can be. Facebook and other social media platforms are in their own ways temples to the human spirit. In this speech, Zuckerberg said, our greatest opportunities and challenges we can only take on together. Ending poverty, curing disease, stopping climate change, spreading freedom and tolerance. We have to build a world where people come together to take on these big, meaningful efforts. In that story, it is humanity that is the hero. Even among the religious, it is the human community, according to Zuckerberg, that produces our virtues. He says people who go to church are more likely to volunteer and to give to charity. And then he says not just because they are religious, but because they're a part of a community. He's saying the power of churches is really the power of human community, almost. He doesn't quite say that. But the thought is there that it's the human community that will save us, that is the hero. And God is more or less out of the picture, peripheral, unnecessary. We are still busy, you see, building temples to the human spirit, believing that we can reach the heavens and solve the problem of our scatteredness. Perhaps we don't build with brick and bitumen. Perhaps we build with bits and bites instead. The fact is God will continue to frustrate our efforts to build the temple to the Holy Spirit, to the human spirit, that reaches to the heavens. Because although the human spirit is a mighty thing, crowned with glory and honour, yet the human spirit is made for fellowship with God's spirit. A fellowship in which God is the greater one. Where God is the one who is praised and lifted up and honoured and glorified. Today is Pentecost. The day in the church calendar we mark the coming of the Holy Spirit to the disciples of Christ. And Acts 2 tells the story which Peter says, all of that, what is that? That is what was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. One feature of that story is that the disciples of Jesus spoke in other tongues, that is in other languages, as the spirit enabled them. And a crowd from all over the known world said, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. So that instead of the languages being confused, there is a miraculous clarity. Not for everyone. Some heard what they thought was drunkenness. They've had too much wine. But at Babel, God came down in judgment to scatter. And at Pentecost, God came down in blessing to gather. God poured out his spirit. And the effect was that those who received the spirit declared the wonders of God. What were you saying? What were they saying, you might ask? Were they talking about God's creative power, his overwhelming love? Were they talking about Jesus and the things he had said and done? Were they talking about Jesus' death and resurrection? Well, we don't know what they were saying, the details of the wonders they declared, although Peter does go on to talk about Jesus, about the miracles, wonders and signs that God did through him, and also about the resurrection. Whatever the detail was, these were things inspired by the Spirit of God. 
Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Whatever they were saying, it was prompted by a real connection with God. A real knowledge and understanding that was given by God's spirit. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. God may judge and frustrate our efforts to come together and build a temple to the human spirit, which is a way to heaven. Our utopian projects will fail and will often fail in ways that leave us more alienated and divided than ever. But God does not do this because he is mean. Rather, he has another plan for us, a plan to pour out his spirit upon us. To show us something better than ourselves. To show us himself. You may know at least something of this. You, well, God may have, and I hope he has, shared with you a taste of himself, of his Holy Spirit. So that you know there is something better than humanity to love and to serve. So that you can love and serve humanity all the more Because of God. Because of that. But in case you've forgotten this or never known it, can I leave with you the very last verse of the Acts reading? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not that everyone who bands together as a community will save themselves. Humanity is not the hero here. Rather, it is everyone who calls on the name of the Lord who will be saved. And this is the foundation of the Christian life, to turn in heart and mind to God, to Christ, to say, help me, save me. I am troubled. I am trapped. I am limited. I am compromised. I am uncertain. I'm empty. I'm wrong. Whatever it is, that expresses the weakness you know that is in you. To say to God, pour out your spirit on me. Share something of your wonders with me. Forgive my sins. Lift my burdens. Light my way. Correct my faults. Warm my heart. You are the Lord. Be my saviour. This is not some grovelling self-humiliation. This is the way to reach our potential, to be who we are supposed to be. For only with God and in God can we become who we are meant to be. Only when we humble ourselves before the Lord does he lift us up. Let's call on him now. Do pray with me. Father, pour out your spirit upon us, pour out your love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us so that we might abandon all plans we might have to, in our own strength and power, band together and become God-like to reach a heavenly state. Help us rather to call out to you that we might be healed of all that is wrong with us, that we might be taken into fellowship with you, 
and that we might reach in the right way, in the best way, the exalted state that you do have planned for us. We look to Jesus in his resurrected glory and ask that you would bring us to be with him. Amen.